This is a Tadad podcast. Hello all. Thanks for joining us for the second part of the Tadad podcast episode. Tadad's and domestic revenue mobilization in Kenya. Reflections from senior tax administration and fiscal officials. Mr. Alex Mwangi, um, thank you very much for joining this episode of the Tadat um, podcast. Um, can you kindly tell us your role at the Kenya Revenue Authority? Thank you very much, Alfred. My name is Alex Mwangi, Deputy Commissioner in charge of research, knowledge management, and corporate planning. Some of the key uh, functions in this division is research and surveys where we undertake applied research for decision-making and policy formulation. We also have uh, strategic planning in this division for the, the authority uh, that covers a period of three years. Uh, we are now on the eighth corporate plan, and uh, we also monitor the implementation of those strategic plans. We also have um, statistics analysis and and the reporting where we track revenue trends so that management can pick areas that require intervention quickly. So we do this on a daily basis. We also have um, knowledge management and innovation, which is a new function area where we nurture the culture of innovation by having a platform where staff can air their or pass their innovations, we evaluate them, and where we think an innovation can be implemented, we do that. And also, we manage uh, explicit and implicit uh, and also tacit knowledge um, so that that knowledge can be safeguarded and can be used by other staff who join the authority data. So in industrial, that is what uh, we do in our division. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. That's very impressive and good work there. Um, uh, recently, you were Tadat trained. Um, how does Tadat add value to your work at KRA, um, the Kenya Revenue Authority, and to the process you're in charge of? What do you appreciate most about Tadat? Uh, thank you. So we uh, had the first Tadat assessment in 2016, and uh, the output um from that report uh was an input in the seventh seventh strategic plan uh, in, in kenya revenue authority so what what we did that time after the 2016 data assessment is to pick the areas that were highlighted areas of improvement uh so that then we included them in the seventh corporate plan for implementation and we had a framework where we picked the most uh, underperforming areas and we were tracking them. Then we also had a TADAT assessment in um, 2018. Apparently it happened when we were uh, formulating the eighth strategic plan. So again, um, we picked the areas that were in that TADAT assessment report, areas of improvement, and we included them in the eighth strategic plan, which started in July 2021. So what has um, the, the most, the biggest value addition from uh, TADAT is that um, looking at the indicators that scored poorly in 2016, 
over 25 indicators improved in the 2018 assessment. So that shows that uh, the data has been valuable to the authority. Uh, specifically in my unit, um, I have learned a lot and I uh, have seen value addition in, um, uh, from TADAT um, in the area of revenue forecasting. We have been able now to take into account the stock of losses, uh, projecting efforts. We never used to do that prior to 2016 TADAT assessment. So that time we scored a C uh, in the revenue forecasting. In 2018, we scored an A because we took into consideration the tax expenditure, we took into consideration the forecast of refunds, and we were able to fulfill all the, the criteria for A. Uh, the area of um, surveys for especially the the integrity perception survey again we moved from a c in 2016 to an a in uh, in 2018 to that assessment again is because we were advised in 2016 uh, through the data assessment report that we needed to have an external person um, or an external entity carry out the, the survey because of um, the, the impartiality uh, and then we should be doing it after every two years. So again, there is called an A. The area of strategic planning, previously, uh, prior to 2016, we were not publishing the annual plans and also the corporate plan itself. So what we have done now is that we are publishing the strategic plan and also the annual plans. We have a three-year uh, strategic plan. Uh, we moved from a D plus in 2016 to a C in 2018. The reason why we scored um, uh, a, a, a C is a timing issue. Previously, in the seven corporate plan, we were not we were not able to publish the strategic plan in time. Uh, but this time around, in the eighth corporate plan that started in um, July 2021, we published in time. Actually, the, the annual plan was published within the first three months. So again, if that was to be assessment was to be done today, we would score an A. Uh, so what I appreciate most about that is the, the linkages that we have. Um, uh, for example, uh, POA1 affects POA2 on risk management. Whatever we do in research is dependent on the integrity of data. Uh, at a POA, POA1, uh, whatever we do here in research in, informs compliance risk management because they pick the areas where we have the highest risks. So I appreciate that so much because what then it means is that you cannot implement um, the that recommendations or areas that require improvement in piecemeal. You need to do that holistically uh, because of those interlinkages. And that, that is why um, uh, for example, POA1 is very important. It affects most other POAs. Uh, no matter what you would want to, you try in other POAs, you can't achieve if you leave some of those uh, POAs behind. So that interlinkages uh, is very important, and that's what I appreciate most about that. Thank you. Thank you very much for highlighting those key things in terms of how you've used TADAX in your area of work, um, especially in the research 
um, intelligence and revenue forecasting are also the interlinkages, which is very, very key. Um, uh, with respect to transparency and accountability, we all know it's very critical to any tax administration. What role has Sarat played in this particular area, especially in regards to the planning process at the Kenya Revenue Authority? Yeah, so uh, you are right, Alfred. Um, transparency and accountability is really key. This applies to the strategic planning that we undertake in our in our division, and this is one area that we have not been able to score an A. Uh, it's an area that we really need to improve. Uh, but what we have been able to pick from the data that it has helped us is that we should always uh, publish strategic plans in, uh, in in time and and also the annual plans. We have been able to publish strategic plans in time. Uh, this time around, we have the eighth corporate plan. Uh, and therefore, we also have, um, when we are formulating the strategy, we include the stakeholders' views. Uh, in the last strategic, strategic plan, we are able to involve the key stakeholders. And then uh, what I learned from Tadat is that if you pick stakeholder views, then you need to go back by way of publishing so that then they can see their views were taken into account. Uh, and therefore, that is an area where we never used to, 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 to really abide by um, uh, the, the criteria for, from, for Tadat. And, and, and therefore, starting this last year, we now publish uh, strategic plans and annual plans in our website. The other area in terms of transparency and accountability is the, um, is the publication of the corruption uh, perception survey, which is carried out by, by my division. This again, an area, as I mentioned earlier, we scored an A because we go around, we pick views from the taxpayers about what they think uh, of integrity in Kenya Revenue Authority. And then we publish that report so that then we are able to track uh, the, the, the KPIs and how we are improving in terms of uh, integrity. So that, that, that is how it has really helped us in terms of uh, uh, the, the planning uh, process. Thank you. Um, thank you very, very much, Alex, um, uh, for your insights into your work at the Kenya Revenue Authority. And uh, we hope that you continue to use the Tata tool to improve revenue mobilization in Kenya. Welcome to the podcast, Madam Risper Simiu, the Commissioner of Domestic Taxes at the Kenya Revenue Authority. Tarat enables tax administration officials understand the interlinkages between business processes, that's the performance outcome areas. What's one key interlinkage were you able to understand during the Tarat training, which is crucial in enhancing business processes in domestic taxes? Um, Alpha, maybe I would start by saying I, I got the sense that <laughs> All, all, all POAs were linked, all literally, because improving the challenges on one POA, then as such, or rather addressing the challenges in one, sort of also addressed in another. But perhaps maybe for this purpose, I would 
say, I looked at uh, the POA on dispute resolution and how it improves voluntary uh, compliance. So POA 7 and how that improves POA 3. Now, overall, a simple, independent, objective and transparent dispute resolution mechanism as such then improves taxpayer satisfaction reduces the time-consuming and costly disputes, and also creates a better understanding of the tax laws. And with this recipe, then the outcome is improved voluntary compliance. Now, again, going back to POA 7, is that failure to analyze um, the material tax dispute outcomes, especially, like I said, those of material nature, it negatively impacts on the taxpayers because they're not able to clearly understand the procedures and processes. And as such, then we're not able to improve um, what you look at as the gray areas in our laws. And which then, if we don't process that, if we don't analyze the disputed outcomes, it means we are not able to clarify the outcomes of these uh, tax disputes. And this makes it very hard for taxpayers to comply. So simply put, when we simplify these processes, then it makes it much easier for our taxpayers to engage. It makes it easier for them to voluntarily comply. And I mean, I think the end game then would be improved compliance, uh, increased revenue, and I think also improved business processes. And as such also both the taxpayer and the tax administrator are happy. Thank you very much for that. Um, Madam Rispa-Simiu, the Commissioner of Domestic Taxes at Kenya Revenue Authority. It's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you very much, Alfred. My pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Good day um, and welcome, Dr. Margaret Nyekango, um, the controller of budgets for the Kenyan government to the Tarax podcast. With respect to your country's budget implementation review, reports point out two endemic problems that affect counties. The first one is the inability of the counties in attaining OSI potential and targets. Being Tarax trained, how best can the Tarax tool be used to address these pertinent issues? Thank you very much. I wish to acknowledge that uh, being TADAT trained, I learned a number of things that can help uh, solve uh, the pertinent issues that face our subnationals currently. As you rightly put it, attaining the OSR targets in line with their potential, some have been using their revenues at source before they bank the same revenues. So one of the aspects that TADAT will help is to ensure there are proper registers of the payers, which will then facilitate collection and monitoring of the revenue collection processes. In addition, installation and maintenance of an integrated revenue system would ensure that all revenues are reported in the accounting systems and that revenue is not utilized at source. Thirdly, and very important, is that efficient revenue management 
would ensure that cash is available to the entities when required. Currently, they depend on the National Treasury for their cash requirements, and most of the time, development projects lag behind, and the wage bills are not within the statutory allowed limits. So having, resolving these issues that have been endemic would help the subnationals to resolve their problems. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Margaret Nyakango, um, for joining us today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure participating in the TADAT podcast, and I look forward to working with you again and again. Thank you very much. Mr. Andrew Jorge, um, safeguarding the tax base is an evolving challenge. Disruptive technologies, changing business environments, and taxpayer behavior make it hard to keep up with good practices. How will TADAT training at the senior level help carry when developing its strategic plan and the reform agenda going forward? Uh, the disruptive technologies here, we are talking about um, having to work from home, the virtual companies, and also digital transactions, which we have to tax. And I know this actually has been covered uh, by TADAT, Identification of risk uh, brought about by disruptive technology, like uh, in uh, the case of digital economy. But uh, this is actually tackled through environmental analysis to identify the risks and also the extent to which they inform compliance decisions of the taxpayers. These assist management to develop strategies. You know, some of them could be legals, legal legal. Uh, uh, implication could have some legal implication, like uh, right now we have the digital economy uh, regulations to enforce, to collect tax due to those transactions. Tada training informed the process and the comprehensive approach adopted also in relation to the practice by Tada to actually emphasize compliance with uh, good practice in tax administration. That is also uh, something we benefited from in the senior management trainings. Identifying the emerging uh, compliance risks through these disruptive technology is also key. And also this addresses the potential impact in the tax system. So you might find like now we are talking about um, the, the, the virtual companies where they trade from their homes or from their offices. This calls for innovative ideas and an appropriate strategy to manage the risk effectively. And this has been covered very well in TADA training. Thank you, Alfred. I don't know whether I've tackled that properly. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, Andrew. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Um, and thank you very much for your inputs there. Welcome, Mr. George Muraguri, Deputy Commissioner ICT at KRA. Um, so since it's a priority of the KRA to ensure that you keep an up-to-date and accurate register, can you kindly describe KRA's journey in cleaning the tax register, which is in line with good practice? What lessons did you learn that you would like to share with other tax administrations? All right. Thank you very much, Alfred. KRA 
uh, started off like any other organization in most tax administrations as a department or a combination of departments in the Ministry of Finance. So previously and starting from early 90s, uh, KRA was running as um, three dependent departments, one for customs, a department for income tax, and a department for VAT. And, and because of that background, each department had their own systems. So we had an income tax system, we had a VAT system, and we had a custom system. And all these systems are not talking to each other. Uh, and because of that, uh, when CARE was formed in 1986, all these departments were brought together, together with their systems. And one of the challenges that CARE had was the, 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 the data, the quality of data that was sitting in those systems, and the fact that those, the data could not speak to each other. So, for example, for the purpose of um, income tax and VAT, uh, we started off by having the VAT system upgraded or enhanced to be able to take onto a, into account uh, a PIN number. A PIN number is equivalent to a TIN taxpayer identification number uh, because in the VAT system, we only had the VAT number. And in the inter income tax system, we had only the, VAT, uh, the PIN number. So we had to enhance the VAT system to allow capturing of the PIN number at, time, at the time when a taxpayer was coming in for registration. And at that point, we had to require the taxpayer to come with a printed PIN certificate together with the application for VAT. What that meant was that then the PIN number would be captured manually in the VAT system. So two problems arose. Number one, we were not able to validate the PIN number as it was being inputted in the VAT system. Problem number two was that the taxpayers who had been registered for VAT previously uh, had not or could not be able to come in in time to get their data updated in the VAT and it was difficult to trace them because for several reasons. Number one is that their details had changed, their contact details, their telephone contacts. At that time, of course, emails were not part of the equation for a tax authority, and, and therefore this presented a major you know, problem. So then what did we do to be able to deal with all these issues? Uh, KRA and entered into a project for development of ITAX. The ITAX is equivalent to ETAX in other jurisdictions, and this is a modern system which is online-based and which allows us to capture as much information regarding the operations of a taxpayer, the contacts of a taxpayer, including PIN, uh, telephone contacts, and so much. So in 2007, KRS started a journey of coming up with a, an ITAC system. And in that ITAC system, we came up with a facility where the taxpayers could log into our portal, uh, pick their details as they start in the legacy systems, and be able to update their details in ITAX using a facility we referred to as an iPage. Uh, one big benefit that came through that is that the taxpayers then were able to clean their own data, provide the current contact details, provide their emails, provide also the sector in which they operated, 
what you call the economic uh, classification. And that way we were able to do a significant amount of data cleaning with respect to taxpayer register. And that journey has continued up to date. And in addition to that, we have provided, as part of the best practice, we have provided taxpayers with the option of being able to update their taxpayer details, uh, particularly with respect to areas which they are allowed, for example, their telephone numbers, their contact address, and, and such. But of course, there are areas which they are not allowed to change. For example, they cannot change their business name, they cannot change their PIN number, and, and so forth. Those have to be done through an administrative process through the Commissioner of Domestic Taxes. So in terms of um, best practices, therefore, we have adopted use of one team that links up all the business branches or business uh, entities within within a corporate, such that you are using one pin, you're able to see the operations of that company in total uh, from their branches or um, and, and, and other offices that they operate. We have also been able to fully uh, provide um, an automated capability within the ITAX for taxpayers to be able to provide their details, updating their details, and therefore, at any one time, therefore, we should have as much close to the truth in terms of the updated register. Number two is that we've been able to allow or create linkages between the subsystem that maintains the PIN or the TIN register with the KRA internal systems, such that uh, be it customs, be it VAT um, process, be it the, uh, a data warehouse, all those systems ride on one PIN. And we are therefore able to see uh, a taxpayer from a 360 degrees. Uh, and, and that process has worked so well in terms of uh, providing a single source of truth. In addition to that, we have integrated with the source systems for the purpose of company registry. Uh, we have got um, an online integration between ITAX and the, what you call the company registry, the BRS system. Uh, we're also linking up with the registrar of persons for the purpose of registering the individuals. Um, and, and therefore, we have, if you like, our source information is therefore authenticated through use of that party systems, which provides the single source of truth with respect to those individual uh, uh, taxpayers or what you call the legal entities. Thank you very much. Mr. Moraguri, it's very impressive in terms of your journey and how systematic you've been, and especially the fact that CARE has also used technology to improve systems, improve the tax register, which also links to many areas, including accurate reporting. Thank you very, very much um, for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to more improvements in CARE that other revenue administrations can also use to improve their systems. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much, Alfred, for having me. You're welcome. Welcome to the Tarat podcast, Madam Grace Wendera. So what are the three key lessons you would carry to your workplace from the Tarat training regarding the promotion of voluntary compliance? Um, 
I have, okay, I have four if that's acceptable. So one of the things that I take away and uh, I have phrased it in my own way is make it easy for the taxpayer to comply. And in this, I mean that in terms of the, 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 the channels that we use, how easy are they? And are they available to the customer? And do they take into consideration the various, um, what would I say, the various segments of the customer or even the disability or ability of the customer? So one of the things I take away is make it easy for the customers to comply give them assisted uh, service channels, for example, the use of contact centers, service desks, and uh, having just making it easy for them to comply. The second lesson I take away is that to bridge the gap and ensure that there is voluntary compliance, there's a need to have a wide range of information that is current. Therefore, what does this mean? There's great need to have robust communication and education, whether it's directly through stakeholder engagement and public participation, whether it's through printed material, whether it's through media, and I think particularly embracing new media for new customer segments, and whether it's through publicity programs through the traditional TV and newspaper models, that will be very, very helpful in terms of driving com voluntary compliance. I think beyond that, um, in marketing, we talk about uh, developing products that are fit for purpose. So for example, having a process such as ADR can be seen as part of making the process easy for the customers to comply. Um, the other issue I think that I pick out in terms of um, um, knowing your customer. So for example, do we know and have we understood the customer journeys that they take in terms of complying? So for example, we might be demanding a turnaround time of say three days to um, get a pin but do we know the customer journey? So I think the other thing that I take away is um, offer support and understand the customer and make sure that internally you have processes such as service level agreements that understand the consumer journey and are also able to um, be modified for different consumer segments, for example, simplifying record keeping for um for uh, audiences that might not be well attuned to accounting uh, standards i think finally there's the need to use technology to actually simplify these processes so that uh, consumers at a touch of a button are able to uh, meet their tax obligations thank you very much i think um, uh, the fact that um, you're thinking of all these things shows that the exciting times ahead i think um, over the past um, decade or so, it's no longer ignorance of the law, it's no excuse, and tax administrations are trying as best as possible to create various channels to improve voluntary compliance. So thank you very much, Madam Grace Wendera, for having you on this podcast. Thank you for having me. The TEDAT podcast is available free of charge. The views expressed in the TEDAT podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent those of the International Monetary Fund or the IMF policy. Materials from the podcast may be reproduced with proper attribution. Comments and correspondence may be emailed to podcast at tedat.org. TEDAT is a collaborative undertaking 
of the following partners, the European Union, France, Germany, the International Monetary Fund, Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the World Bank.